Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson and the Last Olympian, chapter 14. Um, and this is the second part of chapter 14, as it is a very long chapter. But um, yeah, without further ado, let's get on with the chapter. Thalia and the head counselors were waiting for us at the reservoir. The lights of the city were blinking on at twilight. I guess a lot of them were on automatic timers. Street lamps glowed around the shore of the lake, making the water and trees look even spookier. They're coming, Thalia confirmed, pointing north with a silver arrow. One of my scouts just reported they've crossed the Harlem River. There's no way to hold them back. The army? She shrugged. It's huge. We'll hold them at the park, I said. Grover, you ready? He nodded. As ready as we'll ever be. If my nature spirits can stop them anywhere, this is the place. Yes, we will, said another voice. A very old, fat satyr pushed through the crowd, stumbling over his own spear. He was dressed in wood-bark armor that only covered half of his belly. Lenius? I said. Don't act so surprised, he huffed. I am the leader of the council, and you did tell me to find Grover. Well, I found him, and I'm not going to let a mere outcast lay the satyrs without my help. Behind Lenius's back, Grover made gagging motions, but the old satyr grinned like he was the savior of the day. Never fear, we will show those titans. I didn't know whether to laugh or be angry, but I managed to keep a straight face. Um, yeah. Well, Grover... You won't be alone. Annabeth and the Athena cabin will make their stand there. And me and Thalia? She patted me on the shoulder. Say no more. The hunters are ready. I looked at the other counselors. That leaves the rest of you with a job just as important. You have to guard the other entrances to Manhattan. You know how tricky Kronos is. He'll hope to distract us with his this big army and sneak another force in somewhere else. It's up to you to make sure that doesn't happen. Has each co- cabin chosen a bridge or tunnel? The counselors nodded grimly. Then let's do it, I said. Good hunting, everybody. We heard the army before we saw it. The noise was like a cannon barrage combined with football stadium crowd. Like every sports fan in New England was charging us with bazookas. At At the north end of the reservoir, the enemy vanguard broke through the woods. A warrior in golden armor leading a battalion of Lastragonian giants with huge bronze axes. Hundreds of other monsters poured out behind them. Positions! Annabeth yelled. Her cabin mates scrambled. The idea was to make the enemy army break around the reservoir. To get, a, to, get to us, they'd have to follow the trails, which meant they'd be marching in narrow columns on either side of the water. At first, the plan seemed to work. The enemy divided and streamed towards us along the shore. They were halfway across. Our defenses kicked in. The jogging trail erupted in Greek fire, incinerating many of the monsters instantly. Others flailed around, engulfing, engulfed in Greek flames. In green flames. Athena campers threw grappling hooks around the largest giants and pulled them to the ground. In the woods on the right, the hunters sent a volley of silver arrows into the enemy line, destroying 20 or 30 drachnae, but more marched behind them. A bolt of lightning cracked out of the sky and fi- fried a Lastragonian giant to ashes, and I knew Thalia must be doing her Daughter of Zeus thing. Grover raised his pipes and played a quick tune. A roar went through the woods on both sides of every tree. Rock and bush 
seemed to sprout a spirit. Dryads and satyrs raised their clubs and charged. The trees wrapped around the monsters, strangling them. Grass grew around the feet of the enemy archers. Stones flew up and hit drachnes in the faces. The enemy slodged forward. Giants smashed through the trees, and naiads faded as their life source were destroyed. Hellhounds lunged at the timber wolves, knocking them aside. Enemy archers returned fire, and a hunter fell from a high branch. Percy! Annabeth grabbed my arm and pointed at the reservoir. The titan in the golden armor wasn't waiting for his forces to advance around the sides. He was charging towards us, walking straight over the top of the lake. A Greek fire bomb exploded right in front of him, but he raised his palm and sucked the flame out of the air. Hyperion, Annabeth said in awe. The Lord of Light, Titan of the East. Bad? I guessed. Next to Atlas, he's the greatest titan warrior. In the old days, four titans controlled the four corners of the world. Hyperborean was the east. Hyperion was the east. The most powerful. He was the father of Helios, Helios, the first sun god. I'll keep him busy, I promised. Percy, even you can't. Just keep our forces together. We'd set up at the reservoir for a good reason. I concentrated on the water and felt its power surging through me. I advanced towards Hyperion, running over the top of the water. Yeah, buddy, two can play that game. Six meters away, Hyperion raised his sword. His eyes were just like I'd seen in my dream, as gold as Kronos's butt, even brighter, like miniature suns. The sea god's brat, he mused. You're the one who's trapped Atlas beneath the sky again? It wasn't hard, I said. You titans are about as bright as my gym socks. Hyperion snarled. You want bright? His body originated in a column of light and heat. I looked away, but I was still blinded. Instinctively, I raised Riptide just in time. His blade slammed against mine. The shockwave sent a three-meter ring of water across the surface of the lake. My eyes still burned. I had to shut off his light. I concentrated on the tidal wave and forced it to reverse. Just before impact, I jumped upward on a jet of water. Ah! The wave smashed into Hyperion, and he went under. His light extinguished. I landed on the lake surface just as Hyperion struggled to his feet. His golden armor was dripping wet. His eyes no longer blazed, but they still looked murderous. You will burn, Jackson, he roared. Our swords met again in the air, charged with ozone. The battle still raged around us. On the right flank, Annabeth was leading an assault with her siblings. On the left flank, Grover and his nature spirits were regrouping, entangling the enemies with bushes and weeds. Enough games, Hyperion told me. We fight on land. I was about to make I was about to make some very clever comment like No? When the Titan yelled. A wall of force slammed me through the air, just like the trick Kronos had pulled pulled on the bridge. I sailed backwards around a about a hundred meters and smashed into the ground. If I hadn't, if it hadn't been for my new invulnerability, I would have broken every bone in my body. I got to my feet, groaning. I really hate it when titans do that. Hyperion closed on me with his blinding speed. I concentrated on the water, drawing strength from it. Hyperion attacked. He was powerful and fast, but he couldn't seem to land a blow. The ground around his feet kept erupting in flames, and I kept dousing it just as quickly. Stop it, the titan roared. Stop that wind! I wasn't sure what he meant. I was too busy fighting Hyperion, stumbled, le Hyperion stumbled, 
like he was being pushed away. Water sprayed his face, stinging his eyes. The wind picked up, and Iberian staggered backwards. Percy, Grover called in amazement. How are you doing that? Doing what, I thought. Then I looked down and realized I was standing in the middle of my own personal hurricane. Clouds of water vapor swirled around me, wind so powerful they buffed... They buffeted Hyperion and flattened the grass in a 20-meter radius. Enemy warriors threw javelins at me, but the storm knocked them aside. Sweet, I muttered, but a little more. Light lightning flickered around me. The clouds darkened and the rain swirled faster. I closed on Hyper Hyperion and blew him off his feet. Percy, Grover called again. Bring him over here. I slashed and jabbed, letting my reflexes take over. Hyperion could barely defend himself. His eyes kept trying to ignite, but the hurricane quenched his flames. I couldn't keep up a storm like this forever, though. I could feel my powers weakening. With one last effort, I propelled Hyperion across the field straight to where Grover was waiting. I will not be toyed with, Hyperion bellowed. He managed to get to his feet again, but Grover put his reed pipes to his lips and began to play. Lenius joined in. Around the grove, every satyr took up the song. An ear melody like a creek flowing over stones. The ground erupted at Hyperion's feet. Gnarled roots wrapped around his legs. What's this? He protested. He tried to shake off the roots, but he was still weak. The roots thickened until he looked like he was wearing wooden boots. Stop this! He shouted. Your woodland magic is no match for a titan. But the more he struggled, the faster the roots grew. They curled around his body, thickening and hardening into bark. His golden armor melted into the wood, becoming part of a large trunk. The music continued. Hyperion's forces backed up in astonishment as their leader was absorbed. He stretched out his arms, and they became branches, from which smaller branches shot and grew leaves. The, the tree grew taller and thicker, until only the titan's face was visible in the middle of the trunk. "'You cannot imprison me!' he bellowed. I am Hyperion. I am... The bark closed over his face. Grover took his pipes from his mouth. You are very you're a very nice maple tree. Several of the other satyrs passed out from exhaustion, but they'd done their job well. The Titan Lord was completely encased in an enormous maple. The trunk was at least seven meters in diameter, with branches as tall as any in the park. The tree might have stood there for centuries. The uh, Titan's army started to retreat, a cheer went up from the Athena cabin, but our victory was short-lived, because then Kronos unleashed his surprise. <coughs> a huge pink creature soared over the reservoir. A Thanksgiving Day parade nightmare, blimp and wings. A so, Anbeth cried. Take cover! The, demi the demigod scattered as the winged pig, winged lady pig swooped down. Her wings were pink like a flamingo's, which matched her skin beautifully. But it was hard to think of her as cute when her hooves slammed into the ground, barely missing one of Annabeth's siblings. The pig stomped around and tore down half an acre of trees, belching a cloud of noxious gas. Then it took off again, circling around for another strike. Don't tell me that thing's from Greek mythology, I complained. Afraid so, Annabeth said. The Clamazonian snow, so, it terrorized Greek towns back in the day. Let me guess, I said. Hercules beat it. Nope, Annabeth said. As far as I know, no hero has ever beaten it.
Perfect, I muttered. The Titan's army was recovering from its shock. I guess they realized the pig wasn't after them. We only had seconds before they were ready to fight, and our forces were still in a panic. Every time the sow belched, Grover's nature spirits yelped and faded back into their trees. That pig has to go. I grabbed the grappling hook from one of Annabeth's siblings. I'll take care of it. You guys hold all the rest of the enemy. Push them back. But Percy, Grover said, what if we can't? I saw how tired he was. The magic had really drained him. Annabeth didn't look much better from fighting with a bad shoulder wound. I didn't know how the hunters were doing, but the right flank of the enemy army was now between them and us. I didn't want to leave my friends in such bad shape, but that so was the biggest threat. It would destroy everything. Buildings, trees, sleeping mortals. It had to be stopped. Retreat if you need to, I said. Just slow them down. I'll be back as soon as I can. Before I could change my mind, I swung the grappling hook like a lasso. When the sow came down for its next pass, I threw with all my strength. The hook wrapped around the base of the pig's wing. It squealed in rage and veered off, yanking the rope and me into the sky. If you're heading downtown from Central Park, my advice is to take the subway. Flying pigs are faster, but way more dangerous. The sow soared past the Plaza Hotel, straight into the canyon of Fifth Avenue. My brilliant plan was to climb the rope to get to the pig's back. Unfortunately, I was too busy swinging around, dodging street lamps in the sides of buildings. Another thing I learned, it's all... Th it's one thing to climb a rope in gym class. It's a completely different thing to climb a rope attached to a moving pig's wing while you're flying at 100 miles an hour. We zigzagged along several blocks and continued south on Park Avenue. Boss! Hey, boss! Out of the corner of my eye, I saw Blackjack speeding along next to us, darting back and forth to avoid the pig's wings. Watch out, I told him. Hop on, Blackjack whinnied. I can catch you. Probably. That wasn't very reassuring. Grand Central Station lay dead ahead. Above the main entrance stood the giant statue of Hermes, which I guess hadn't been activated because it was so high up. I was flying right towards him at the speed of demigod smashing. Stay alert, Stay alert! I told back Blackjack. I've got an idea. Oh, I hate your ideas. I swung outwards with all my might. Instead of smashing into the Hermes statue, I whipped around it, circling the rope unto it, under its arms. I thought this would tether the, teeter the pig, but it, un, I underestimated the momentum of a 30-ton so in flight. Just as the pig wrenched, wrenched the statues loose from its pedestal, I let go. Hermes went for a ride, taking my place as the pig, pig's passenger, and I free fell towards the street. In that split second, I thought about the days when my mom used to work at the Grand Central Station candy shop. I thought how bad it would be if I ended up as grease spot on the pavement. Then, a shadow swooped under me, and thump! I was on Blackjack's back. It wasn't the most comfortable landing. In fact, I yelled, OW! My voice was an octave higher than usual. Sorry, boss, Blackjack muttered. No problem, I squeak. Follow that pig! The porker had taken a right at East 42nd, and was flying back towards 5th Avenue. When it flew above the rooftops, I could see fires here and there around the city. I looked like It looked like my friends were having a rough time. Kronos was attacking on several fronts, but at the moment, I had my own problems. The Hermes statue was still on its leash. I kept boink, it kept boinking into buildings and spinning around. 
The pig swooped over an office building, and Hermes plunged into a water tower on the roof, blasting water and wood everywhere. Then something occurred to me. Get closer, I told Blackjack. He whinnied in protest. Just within shouting distance, I said. I need to talk to the statue. No, I'm sure you've lost it, boss, Blackjack said. But he did what I asked. When I was close enough to see the statue's face clearly, I yelled, Hello, Hermes! Command sequence, Daedalus 23. Kill flying pigs. Begin activation. Immediately, the statue moved its legs. It seemed confused to find it was no longer on top of Grand Central Station. It was, instead, being given a sky ride on the end of a rope by a large winged sow. It managed, though, through the side of a brick of the brick building, which I think made it a little mad. It shook its head and began to climb the rope. I glanced down at the street. We were coming up on the main public library, with big marble lions flanking the steps. Suddenly, I had a weird thought. Could those, could stone statues be automatons too? It seemed like a long shot, but... Faster, I told Blackjack. Get in front of the pig. Taunt him. Um, boss? Trust me, I said. I can do this. Probably. Oh, sure. Mock the horse. Blackjack burst through the air. He could fly pretty darn fast when he wanted to. He got in front of the pig, which now had a metal Hermes on its back. Blackjack whinnied. You smell like ham. He kicked the pig in the snout, and his black hooves went into a steep dive. The pig screamed in rage and followed. We barreled straight from for the front steps of the library. Blackjack slowed down just enough for me to hop off. Then he kept flying towards the main doors. I yelled, Lions! Command sequence! Deadless 23! Kill flying pigs! Begin activation! The lions stood up and looked at me. They probably thought I was teasing them. But just then... <coughs> the massive pink porker monster landed with a thud, cracking the sidewalk. The lions stared at it, not believing their luck, and pounced. At the same time, a very beat-up Hermes statue leaped onto the pig's head and started banging it mercilessly with a caddis. Those lions had some nasty claws. I drew Riptide, there, but there wasn't much for me to do. The pig disintegrated before my eyes. I almost felt sorry for it. I hoped it got to meet the boar of its dreams down in Tartarus. When the monster had completely turned to dust, the lions and Hermes statue looked around in confusion. You can defend Manhattan now, I told them, but they didn't seem to hear. They went charging down Park Avenue, and I imagined they would keep looking for pigs, flying pigs, until someone deactivated them. Hey boss, Blackjack said. Can we get a donut break? I I wiped the sweat off my brow. I wish, big guy, but the fight's still going on. In fact, I could hear it getting closer. My friends needed help. I jumped onto Blackjack, and we flew north towards the sound of explosions. And that was the end of chapter 14. I hope you guys had a good time listening to me read this chapter. Um, Yeah, I'm sorry that I read a lot of the chapters in two parts, but um, they're just too long, and I don't want to read them all in one. It would just take way too much time, and then I you would you wouldn't get as many um as many episodes. But I'm looking at the next chapter here, and it looks like it's another one, a really long one. So it looks like it's gonna get split up again. Um, yeah. 
happy Halloween, guys. Wow, yeah. Oh, you guys are going to be hearing this after Halloween. Wow. Well, happy late Halloween. Hope you got a lot of candy. That would be nice. I hope I get a lot of candy. We'll see. Isaac, out.